1: One more time, get PuroAir.com. Check it out now.
0: Hey, friends. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff.
1: And I'm David Thomas. And
0: I'm Melissa Trevathan.
1: And we're so glad you've joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. For more than 20 years now, Andrew Peterson has been about the business of quietly changing lives in four minute increments. Peterson has forged his own path, creating a long line of songs that ache with sorrow, joy, and integrity, and that are at the end of the day part of a real ongoing human conversation. In 2019, Andrew celebrated the 20th anniversary of his Behold the Lamb of God project with an anniversary tour and a brand new album recording. He is also the award-winning author of The Windfeather Saga, a fantasy adventure series for young people. The books are also part of an animated series through Angel Studios. Andrew also released two nonfiction books, The God of the Garden and his memoir, Adorning the Dark. In 2008, driven by a desire to cultivate a strong Christian arts community, Andrew founded a ministry called The Rabbit Room, which led to a yearly conference, countless concerts and symposiums, and Rabbit Room Press, which has published over 30 books to date. Andrew and his wife Jamie have been married for over 24 years and have three children, Aidan, Asher, and Sky. In his spare time, Andrew keeps bees, builds dry stacked stone walls, gardens, draws. And sleeps. (laughs) Enjoy this conversation with Andrew Peterson.
0: So, Andrew, I have known you from a lot of different places in life and Uh long admired your work and been to so many shows and been to Behold the Lamb, which I just love. We're going to talk about that. But I think one of my favorite moments interacting with you was when we did that event together.
2: Yeah. The Q event. I remember that was the day I became a huge Sissy Goff fan. <laughs> You're such so
0: well, I already was an Andrew Peterson fan, but but I loved hearing you talk about growing up that day. I just mm. thought it was fascinating and such it felt like such a picture of how, you know, we talk so often, and I'm sure you do too, about how nothing's wasted. And that so many of your growing up moments and where you were and what you were thinking about what God was and you was crafting you into who you are today. And sure. And I, um, I'm we're both Big Rich Mullins fans. And I uh, remember when you part of your talk, you said, "There's more that rises on the prairie than the wind, and more yeah, that yeah. I, I don't remember what part." More that, that you rises
2: said. in the morning than the sun. More that um, dances. Uh, <laughs> I know we're both a Virginia. Lyric. <laughs> it's a really great lyric, y'all. Yes, uh, but yeah, from "If I Stand."
0: Yes, mm. and that's one of my favorite of his songs. And I was like, oh. Mm. But I would love for you to talk about kind of. I mean, you don't have to talk about that piece of it, yeah. but what when you kind of saw stirrings growing up of who you are and and mm. what God has designed, I mean, obviously Man. you're living and you're gifting in this beautiful way that yes, blesses the are. world. And so when did you see that start to emerge and how?
2: yeah, um, I think i mean that that story about hearing the Rich Mullen song um is a really it's like it's the the sharpest focus of that kind of moment that i can remember mm-hmm. but there were lots of little moments like really? that you know L- lots of moments of um At what you know ages i remember in high school especially i was very i was i was a class clown um not a very good student but i love to read um i i I, I was mainly interested in doing stuff that was unassigned. You know what I mean? <laughs> as soon as I was supposed to be doing it, I didn't really want to do it. Piano was the same way. I remember taking piano lessons and I never practiced mm, and then wow. quit piano lessons and played constantly. And so, uh, so it was this weird, you know, those are flaws mm. in, in me. But I remember when I was 16, I was, I was experiencing something in music, in movies, in stories that I was reading. Like I was uh, I was hungry for something and those things seemed to like wet my appetite. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. I don't know that they were necessarily feeding me anything, but mm-hmm. they were making me hungry. Mm. And so I, I remember, uh, yeah, just being intrigued by whatever was going on inside me, um, that was waking up when I was watching a certain kind of movie or reading a certain kind of book. And there were times when, uh, when, Something beautiful got my attention and I was convinced that there was, I mean, most of my life I was convinced there had to be something out there, you know. Mm. There's a song and I, I'm always embarrassed to quote my own lyrics, but Please. there's a song called The Power of a Great Affection. And, and mm. it it said, um, even in the days when I was young, there seemed to be a song beyond the silence. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the way that I experienced it. There seemed to be something out there on the other side of all this that was calling to me or stirring to, stirring me in some way. And, um, and then when I heard that Rich Mullins song as a, as kind of like someone who is waking up to the beauty of the gospel, I, I remember thinking, Oh, that's what it is. Yes. It was kind of like I was swimming in the waters of this, you know, cultural Christianity in the deep South mm. and was almost too close to the painting to understand what it was. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, all this stuff I've been learning about as a kid is is the thing yes. that is the song yes. and so yeah that's that's kind of how it happened mm. Mm. it's
0: a beautiful way to put it
2: it is okay and in
1: building on that you are in so many creative spaces mm-hmm. songwriting writing developing the rabbit room will you talk more about just how you found your way to each of
2: those spaces oh man um well, the songwriting was uh, kind of the horse that I rode out of town as a little, as a young man, f- fresh out of high school, didn't know what to do with my life, and then joined a really lame rock band, and, uh, but it kind of gave, you know, it was the first time I ever got paid to do music was this really lame rock band, <laughs> and, uh what was his name i i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna tell you but the uh but i ended up um get, kind of getting out of my little town and then eventually finding myself like became a christian about a year later really and um asked god if i could sing about him so mu- music was the thing that i really mm. felt this deep love for and uh so you know the thing about Rich Mullins, it wasn't just that he was great at music. It was that he kind of was was the first one through the brush. Like he kind of made a way. Yes. And I think, you know, talking to the Gullahorns, like Jill and mm-hmm. Andy and Andrew Osenga and like all these friends of ours, we could kind of point to what he was doing as part of what gave us a, a way to think about what we might want to do one day. Wow. And um, so so that was what got me to Nashville. Jamie and I got married in in college and then moved here. But I always wished that I could... Uh, know what it was like to write a book and then um I don't know after maybe the after the third record was when the first book came out and my kids were old enough then to read to them mm. and I was like "Ooh, I gotta know what it's like and, and I think that's the thing with music and, and most of the other stuff that I'm talking about is that it was always interest. like music got to my heart in some interesting way and then uh, so I it wasn't enough for me to just listen to songs. I was like, well, okay, I want to know how to play that song. So I would mm-hmm. sit in my room and learn these Tom Petty songs or mm-hmm. whatever on the guitar. And then once I learned the song, eventually that that wasn't enough. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Somebody wrote this song. How do you write a song? How do you get inside? it? So to me, I always think about like lifting the hood of the car and kind mm-hmm. of like messing with the wires and trying to understand what makes this thing work. And so books were the same way. Uh, you know, I would read a book and go, somebody wrote this. How did they write this? How does mm-hmm. this work? And so um trying to understand that and get into a get into the inside of a story was mm-hmm. what led me into writing the Wing Feather saga. And then this kind of the same thing with the TV show. It's like, how do people make a TV show? Like this this is so interesting to me. But all of this stuff, it's like they're it, they're the same. Um you know, paint, I'm trying to learn to paint now. I've been drawing for years, but I'm how? trying to understand painting. And again, it's like when I see a painting, I go, how does how, how do you do this? You know, yes. I don't know what it is. So I may never be that great at a lot of it, but I'm intrigued by the process and understanding it. Like, like I can't sit still um, the day after I've written a song or... Mm painted a painting that I don't hate because I want to keep looking at it. And there's this weird feeling where I'm like, I know what a knucklehead I am. And somehow God let me be the person through which this thing came into the world mm. and is now a part of history and will always have been. This thing will always have been. And and I got to be the one that, to, to birth it sort of. And wow. so not, and I've that never isn't about the,
0: thought about that. yeah, like the quality
2: of it is ir- irrelevant mm-hmm. in that. It's like the fact that it is,
1: mm-hmm.
2: is this generosity on God's part that he allows us to be a part of this, participate in the, you know, some little part of history and the shaping of the world, we wow. get to be a part of it. It's amazing.
0: Wow. Well, I feel like we could go down 30 rabbit holes to hear about each different. I mean, it, you've done so <laughs> many different, I mean, just the things you threw out. Um, Okay, but I want to park on Behold the Land for just a minute. Sure, yeah, yeah. And let me, I think we would both say really strongly, find, I don't even know when this is coming out, but if it's this year, if it's next year, if it's in 10 years, find a show. And they can get on your website, Mm -hmm. which is...
2: Andrew-Peterson.com.
0: And find a show. I don't care how far you have to drive. It is, it's transformational.
1: Yes, it is. I'm going this year and bringing friends from North Carolina. You're jealous. I am. Yes.
0: Yay. Well, and I love, Andrew, it feels so much like who we both know you to be, mm. that the second part is this beautiful poem of the gospel. Mm. And the first part, of course, you are showcasing all these people that you love. It's like you're wanting everybody else's talent to be on display and sharing that, and which I'm grateful yours gets woven into, but we talk a little bit about it. I'd love yeah. to know how it came to be. I don't even know that. And oh man. And what you hope folks gain from it.
2: Yeah. Um, well, we talked about my friend Gabe a few minutes ago. Yes. <clears throat> Gabe was a part of the beginning of it. Um, way back. So this this year will be our 24th year, 24th annual, um, which is just crazy to that me. I can't crazy. believe that like nobody would have ever believed, you know, even 10 years ago, that we would mm. still be doing this. I, and every year I'm like, what is going to be the thing that makes us not do this anymore? Huh. Like, is somebody going to get, are we just going to get old and like tired? <laughs> I don't know what it is. But the uh, the idea came, so I, I went to Bible college after okay. high school, like that in that season after the Rich Bowens kind of ex- encounter with Jesus through his music. I was like, okay, I need to get out of this band. I, I want to I understand more about this stuff. So I found myself... Um, you know, it wasn't as noble as it sounds. I honestly just, it was really inexpensive. <laughs> it was this little Bible college. And the guy that I was rooming with at the time was heading there. And I was like, well, I might as well just follow him to... So I found myself and just loved it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a super great student again, but I loved being there. I loved having somebody smarter than me or paying somebody smarter than me to to, to make me read my Bible. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the thing that I remember being really... Um, uh, intrigued by when I was in college was these Old Testament survey classes where the professor was really good about saying, this whole thing is about Jesus. Like mm. he's the, he's the sun at the center of this universe, right? Or the center of this solar system. And so re- reframing what I, m- my misunderstanding of what the Bible really was kind of in the way that Sally Lloyd-Jones talks That's about exactly the Jesus story storybook Thank Bible. You. You know, yes. When I read that, I was like, mm-hmm. there it is. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And, is that when um, you started bringing her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. It was fun because she she was like, I almost felt like we were um, like, I was like, did she steal this line from me? <laughs> and, and the answer is no. Like we were just both kind of like mm. um, learning the same things about the Bible kind yes. of at the same time. So anyway, that was the idea. It was like, what if we did a concert that told that story? Because m- like if if I'm a pastor's kid and I grew up in the church and I was I had completely missed the centrality of Jesus to the whole story, Mm. just because I, you know, whatever. There must be other people who, who either have forgotten or never realized. And like, Mm. what if we were to write a a Christmas concert that reframed the Bible story in that way? And so, um, but I also knew that like, it was a show that was more than I could do on my own. Mm. I I knew I couldn't pull it off with just a guy and a guitar, which, which meant that I kind of turned and saw this amazing community of songwriters around me. And was like, hey, you guys want to do this together? And, and that's what we do. And yeah. we are thankful you do. Yes, we are. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Well, thank you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love so
1: it. grateful. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we talked a little bit about the Wing Feather Saga, which we are as committed to raising a generation of readers as you are. Yes. And I can't tell wow. you how many kids and families we've recommended those books yes. to. Oh, that's and awesome. So, yes. Thank you. So yes. you. thankful for them. Mm. And... You have a new book in that series, and then the series, as you mentioned, has been made into a TV series. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. Which we're so excited about.
0: Which where's that?
2: Where Angel.com. Okay. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Will you talk about this new book in particular sure. and the series in general and kind of what you hope kids take away from reading and watching?
2: Yeah. Um oh man. So the new book is called A Ranger's Guide to Glipwood to Glipwood Forest. There so the, the main series is four books long, but then there's There have been several, you know, um, companion books that have come out around it, uh, which has been really fun. So the first one was Penbricks' Creaturepedia, which is kind of this bestiary of, of weird creatures that are in this world. And the first edition came out when Aiden, my oldest son, was 16. He was he illustrated it at 16. Wow. And then once uh, they re-released the books in 2020, he was like, "Hey, can I?" Now that I, he was then 20 years old and and professional illustrator, he was like, "Can I have another whack at this?" I've grown a little bit since I was 16, mm-hmm. and so he re-illustrated that. So then, when it came to the Rangers Guide, of course, I was like, "Please, Aiden, do you have time in your schedule wow. um, to do this?" And he did. I'm so thankful, but just amazing, wonderful illustrations. He's. I, I was telling somebody yesterday, if I didn't, if I wasn't related to Aiden, I would be stalking him on Instagram. I would be <laughs> such a fan of what he's doing. That. Such a good artist. And his wife is also an amazing illustrator and artist. So anyway, Ranger's Guide is, it was a fun uh, excuse to go exploring in Glipwood Forest, which is mm. the scary forest and uh, near where the kids live at the beginning of the story. Full of weird creatures and uh and super dangerous but in the lore of the world in book one of the wing feather saga it talks about how back before the great war the the forest was tamed by rangers like so that Mm. people could actually travel in the forest and you know the during the events of the the main part of the story, that's a thing of the past and the animals have taken over again. And so nobody can really safely walk through Glibwood Forest. So I was like, I'm going to go back in time, like 500 years or a thousand years and tell the story of the original rangers guild that, that uh, tamed the forest the first time. So I'm getting to go back and like explore the forest in the events be- before the events of the Wing Feather Saga, which again is like so fun to do because there's no real pressure to... Mm to tell some big epic thing. I'm just, I'm going exploring playing. in, this, in mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Playing. That's the, that's the word mm. for it, which is, it, yeah, it's almost like, I can't believe I get paid to do this. It's amazing. And then to send it over to Aiden and let my son do the same thing. He texted me yesterday and said, I can't believe I get to illustrate fantasy books with my dad. Oh. Mm. And I was just like, True. it's a huge gift. Wow. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, it was funny because somebody was like, "Hey, what are what spiritual things do you want people to get out of the Rangers Guide to Glipwood Forest?" And I kind of laughed. I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> uh, like, it's just a really fun story. I hope and and a chance to explore. And that said, there's so much room in yeah. in the life of a Christian to just read a fun book about yes. exploring a scary forest. Yes. Um, which reminded me, I was thinking about this before I came here. When uh, I was, you know, backstage before concerts, mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll, you know, we always gather and pray and ask the Lord to help us do good work and, um, you know, fill in the blank. Like we, all, everybody has their way of praying before a show. And there were several years ago where I realized I started praying, Lord, let me be funny tonight. Mm. Uh, and I know that sounds kind of weird, but like, I just wanted to... It, it, not only is it entertaining mm. and and enjoyable when, when you can be funny and you can connect with an audience in that way, that's one of the ways that like our hearts get softened, yes. you know, and, and readied for yes. other so good things that might sneak in. Like mm. it's a way of uh, letting down people's defenses. And, mm. and so in the same way, I'm like, oh, just let this book be fun. Let a kid mm. s- climb up in their bunk bed and just lose themselves for a few hours in something in a fun, fun story. So
0: yes, that's so cool.
1: Sissy, how was your Thanksgiving?
0: It was great. We went to the lake. How was yours?
1: It was fantastic. We went to the beach. There was only one hard part.
0: What was that?
1: Before my college kids went back to school, They raided our pantry and took all my liquid IV.
0: (laughs) Well, who could blame them? Liquid IV is amazing and you do keep a good stash of flavors on hand.
1: Not anymore. My supply is gone. I'm placing a new order as we speak.
0: You know they sell it at Costco.
1: You're kidding me.
0: They do. I just got some for Aaron for his stocking. No matter where or how you're hydrating this season, Liquid IV is the hydration brand fueling your well being. And their hydration multiplier can keep you going through the end of the year and beyond.
1: With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone, all in a single stick.
0: Now it's available in sugar-free. Choose from three delicious flavors, white peach, green grape, and lemon lime.
1: I love the lemon lime. It's zesty and refreshing.
0: I love the convenient packaging. I drop them in my purse and then pour them in my water bottle wherever I am.
1: I love that it contains eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness.
0: Well, I love that there are no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar
1: grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code RBG at checkout.
0: That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code RBG at liquidiv.com.
1: Sissy, I am hearing from a lot of parents that they are struggling to balance their busy to-do list right now.
0: Tis the season, and it's only going to get worse the closer we get to the holidays. It's times like this I'm so thankful for Every Plate.
1: Every Plate is really the best time-saving tip I give to parents. With Every Plate, you make fewer trips to the grocery store and you have meals ready in six simple steps.
0: Every Plate gives you one less thing to worry about in crazy busy seasons.
1: Not to mention their fall menu looks delicious. We had the country fried pork chops the other night, a true comfort meal. It was delicious.
0: Oh, that sounds comforting. I made the tortelloni chicken sausage bolognese, comforting and quick. It's a 15 minute meal. Talk about saving time.
1: Oh, that sounds so yummy.
0: It was. Every plate is 50% cheaper than your average fast casual meal. And it's more affordable than
1: other meal delivery kits. So it saves time and money. The only thing better than conquering the busy schedule is conquering the budget. Win-win. Get started
0: with every plate for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49RBG.
1: Go to everyplate.com slash podcast and enter code 49RBG.
0: David, did you get your taxes finished?
1: I was like
0: what did you say?
1: <laughs>
0: what are you eating?
1: Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone.
0: where did you get them?
1: Thrive Market.
0: Uh, how much do we love Thrive Market?
1: I could record an entire podcast about that topic.
0: You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from The Honest
1: Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on.
0: (laughs) From pets to kids to grownups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive.
1: Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver.
0: I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs.
1: Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks.
0: And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order?
1: I saved $32.
0: I saved over $12.67.
1: How much did Patches save?
0: (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am.
1: You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month.
0: Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their 1 for 1 membership matching program. You join, they give.
1: I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com/rbg for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift.
0: That's T H R I V E market.com/rbg. thrivemarket.com/rbg. Well, I've said this on the podcast before and I will say it a million times cuz it's one of my favorite things I've ever done in my life is I went to Canada and took a writing class from Madeline Langle and Lucy Shaw together. Whoa. Is that the coolest? Whoa. I know. And neither of us have ever written a novel, but one of the things Madeline Langle said, I mean there's so many things I'll never forget she said, I wish I could just I wish I'd videoed the whole thing, but she said that she loved to write fiction because she said so often a character will just present itself in the story Mm -hmm. and I won't have planned for that character never have met the character and there the character is and then I get to learn from the character and interact with the character does it feel like that yeah
2: yeah I was like I'd heard that before from people really I was like really is this really gonna happen Does the story really want to go places that you because you feel like you're in control of this thing I'm the author yes (laughs) Uh, but then yeah every the, the best moments in the story are the stories are the moments where the author is surprised. Wow! Um, and so, yeah, it happens. It totally That's happens. so cool. And I love that you got to spend time with them. I've learned so much from those two. Oh. Um, wonderful, wonderful writers. Yes. Yes. That made it sound like I'm friends with them. I know Lucy a little bit, but I just mean from reading Walking on Water uh, and Lucy's poems especially. Yes. Um, just yeah, just beautiful. great. Yeah. Great stuff.
0: Okay. So we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about your family. Yeah. Some of your other... Amazing co-creations with God and Jamie. We need to give her <laughs> credit too. Yes. So will you talk. I mean we heard a little bit about one, but they really are all so creative yes. and gifted in so many ways. We talk about what they're doing, yeah. their ages. Oh, man, I
2: love to talk about this.
0: And where people can find them
2: too. Yeah, sure. Um so Aiden, um, if you, it's funny, Instagram is like such an amazing resource for visual artists. Oh wow. Um so um Aiden Peterson, A-E-D-A-N Peterson, and then his wife. And now I'm blanking on because she has kind of a funny ha- Instagram handle, but you can find her through Aiden's. That's probably a great place to find what he's working on his visual art. And I think AidenPeterson.com. dot com. I I, th- I bought all the domain names for the kids when they were little. Did
0: you really? is that so cool? It's such a
2: weird Nashville thing to do, <laughs> <laughs> just in case you know. And it and it turned out to be a really good idea, you know, to have to have snagged that stuff. But yeah, so Aiden's art is wonderful. Um, I will say this too. They all, they all do music in one way or another. And they have a band called Wake Low, uh, two words, Wake Low, um, which um, they put out a record during COVID. It was like their COVID thing. Uh, They kickstarted it and made this, I mean, truly one of my favorite albums. Like, I just couldn't believe, I was like, who are you people? Where did this come from? So Anyway, so Aiden is the visual artist who has no interest in being on stage, but mm. writes songs and can sing. So, so anyway, then Asher is the the um, my second son, and he he's the one who uh, who was like, please don't make me go to college,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, because he just was he was a drummer and wanted to play music, and of course we were like, no, go do what Lord is calling you to do. And so he uh, immediately was on the road um, either playing drums with people or road managing, running in front of house and um, he's super he's a very kind, responsible um, person, which means that he will never not have work. Mm. Um, and so he uh, he's just really good at what he does. And so he's got a studio here in town and he's a producer when he's not on the road, he's making yeah. records for people. So Asher, one of my favorite things about Asher is he when he was 16, so Ben Shive is uh, – you guys know Ben a little bit. He's uh, one of the best songwriters and producers here in Nashville um, and worked with me for many years, still does in some some ways. And uh, when Asher was 16, he reached out to Ben without telling me and said, can I apprentice? Can I learn how to make records under you? And then Ben mentioned to me, it was like, oh, yeah, Asher is going to start whatever. I was like, excuse me, he, you're doing what? <laughs> But he had the idea and reached wow. out to Ben and and apprenticed under him as a producer for many years and got good at it until Ben was then sending him work. So by the time he graduated high school, he was like off to the races. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. So it's much incredible. like uh, initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, so he's just great. And then uh, and he's married. And uh, his wife also sings a little bit. And then my daughter Sky just got married about a couple weeks ago. I don't know when this comes out, but she got married in
0: 2023,
2: mm. and uh, to a wonderful man who is also a singer songwriter. So we have this—I mean, it, it's the Nashvilleist family ever, you know, <laughs> like visual artists and poets and and whatever. And I just love it. I I I I attribute it. People have said, "What did you and Jamie do to encourage?" creativity or whatever in your kids. And I honestly, Mm. we did some things, but the real thing I think is that they grew up in a community of people Mm. who took their art seriously Mm. as work, but they also grew up in a community of Christians who Mm. took art seriously and, and did work. So like they grew up in this really Uh, rich community of people who aren't, uh, you know, it's like you can hear their song on the radio, but then you see them take communion on Sunday. Mm. And so our kids didn't grow up with this weird segregation Mm. in their brains about what it meant to be a Christian and pursuing art. Does that make sense? Which I think a lot of us uh, grew up in a world where that wasn't a normal part of the conversation. Yes. And, um, and so I think it's just been cool to see that the kids grew up in this garden mm. <laughs> called the church where, where uh, and in a community where, A, it was like seen as a valid expression of what it means to follow Jesus and be a Christian. You can write poetry, you can make films, you can mm. produce records, and that's all. There's a seat at the table in the kingdom for people who love to do those things. But also a community where they, they didn't grow up with this illusion that it was all fun all the time. Yes. They also knew that it was gonna be work, and so our kids uh yeah aren't surprised to find that, oh, being a songwriter is sometimes really difficult, mm. and um sometimes the road beats you up, or mm. sometimes just writing a song is really, really difficult mm. um and so I think that they've they've grown up in an environment where they're not surprised by the fact that artists work mm. yeah,
0: that's wonderful,
1: okay, and along those lines. I realized we didn't talk enough about the rabbit room. So oh, yeah. thinking yeah, about, that's you know sure. about that too. creating space for these offerings to grow, like, will you just talk more about yeah. that idea and and what you hope comes from that space?
2: Man, uh, well, the rabbit room has been so so interesting. Um, it's grown so much so quickly over the last few years. There have been some growing pains. It's been not been the easiest journey in, in the world, but also it just felt very much like the Lord has been in it and in one way or another. So it started, I founded it, I guess, 16 years ago as this kind of an expression of what you were talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. Sissy, the the Behold the Lamb, this idea that art seems to thrive in community. Mm -hmm. And um, the way we usually put it is that art nourishes community and community nourishes art, Mm -hmm. that there's a symbiosis there. So that was kind of the the beginning of the idea. And um, my brother started kind of like heading up Rabbit Room Press. So we've been put, putting up books that we believed in, um, trying to support artists that we, you know, the, the thing is when people say that Christian music is bad, I just want to say, well, you're just listening to the wrong Christian music. Like mm. um, the church has been putting out really great music for centuries. Mm. And so uh, same thing with Christian books or Christian poems, like Christians have no reason to hang their head and, and like as if secular art is all great. Right, <laughs> it's right. it's just not. So it's so, so much of it is so bad. Ooh. So we're just our thing is like, well, the Lord speaks through whatever He wants to speak through. So we want to draw attention to good work, mm. and um, and then you know, look under the hood and figure out yeah. like, hey, what's going on there, and then realizing that that works great in the context of a community and place. And so, yeah, the rabbit room. We a few years ago, we um, the community kind of helped us build this gathering place in Nashville. Called Northwind Manor, and I keep
0: wanting um, to come to something there. Oh, you too. should come! Yes. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's
2: wonderful. Yes. Yeah, and uh, we do a lecture series and occasion like concert series, the local show, mm-hmm. and um, there are open hours a couple days a week um, where anybody can come and kind of sit around and eat a scone and do whatever. It's it like I had described it for years as an experiment in community, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and. And experiments sometimes don't always go the way that you think they're going to go. And so, uh, interestingly, like it, we've kind of landed on this, uh, you know, the mission statement is that we, the Rabbit Room, cultivates and curates stories, art, and music mm. to nourish Christ centered communities for the life of the world. Mm. For the life of the world, I'll say that because the, the, the idea is we're going to, we're trying to, we're not. We used to think of it as uh, the, the old mission statement said that we fostered community through whatever, which made it sound like we were parenting community, mm. which we can't be in charge of everybody's community. Like, right. that's impossible. Um, but we can We do believe that making good stuff and drawing attention to uh, good art is one way to nourish community. Mm. And uh, and that that community kind of springs up like zinnia seeds at the end, you know, in the in the mm. summer You plant one flower and then a bunch more just kind of show up, volunteer. And so I think that's kind of where where we landed was we want to try to help draw attention to the good stuff. We also want to help people who are making good stuff to continue to do that because we believe that that is good for community and that that's good for the world.
1: Sissy, I'm panicked. It's already December and I barely started Christmas shopping.
0: Well, I'm happy to report I'm ahead of the game. Thanks to some of the amazing sponsors of our podcast. I have been shopping online and using the amazing codes they're giving us.
1: That is brilliant.
0: I'm super excited that KiwiCo, one of our sponsors, is helping make Christmas for my nephews magical. I just wrapped the color wheel racers and ramp, sort and stack puzzle blocks, and sensory solar system set.
1: Say that three times as fast as you can. I'll go first. Sissy bought the Sensory Solar System set.
0: (laughs) I can't say it, but I can say that KiwiCo is full of brain building play for the littlest learners.
1: There is no age limit. So you could shop for me there as well. Well,
0: thanks, David. I'll keep that in mind. With nine different subscription options for different ages and subjects, there's something for every kid.
1: KiwiCo delivers seriously fun, hands-on projects that inspire a lifelong love for learning.
0: Tested and approved by kids. No crate leaves without approval from their toughest critics, kids. I built a Play-Doh pasta maker with Henry and we had so much fun.
1: The day the Co box arrives will be your kids' favorite day of the month.
0: There's something for kids of all ages, from infants and preschoolers to teens, And beyond, as David has reminded us, spark creative confidence through screen-free fun.
1: There's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel anytime. Discover hands-on fun
0: with KiwiCo.
1: Get your first month free on any crate line at kiwico.com slash rbg.
0: That's your first month free at kiwico.com slash rbg. Okay, so family wise, yeah, we, we are talking about the ages and stages this season of our podcast, and we would love to know. Did, this is a huge question, but has there been a favorite season with your kids? Oh man! Or just one you would that stands out to you right now for some yeah. reason that you loved?
2: And well, why? I'll say, I'll say um, every every season had its challenges, but also each next season was i think my favorite one yeah yeah <laughs> like i remember the the teenage years um were wonderful for us mm-hmm. and and it wasn't that isn't again i don't want to make it sound like perfect it wasn't wasn't perfect at all but um i just really loved being able to have like real deep conversations with the kids mm-hmm. and um hanging out with them and watching them become people and so things that i think we were a little bit nervous about going into it like oh what is it going to be like this next season we we didn't experience it that way um and i attribute most of that to my wife she's Mm -hmm. jamie is um remarkable she is really amazing Mm -hmm. and she's really good at hanging out Mm
0: -hmm. i
2: get antsy you Mm -hmm. know i kind of want to know what the next thing is we need Mm -hmm. to be doing something Mm -hmm. and she will sit on the couch and just shoot the breeze for hours and Mm -hmm. the kids love it like Mm -hmm. and i you know i get i'm kind of like okay when are we going to do the thing when are we going to watch a movie later or whatever and jamie's like hold on I haven't asked them about this part of their lives, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, and she's really great too, about like one-on-one dates with the kids. She'll call Mm -hmm. them. They all live in Nashville. And so she'll, she'll call them up and say, Hey, you want to meet for coffee? Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Like, it seems like a small thing, but it's kind of a big thing Mm -hmm. for um, to, to stop what you're doing in the middle of the week and go have coffee with your kids. Um, I'm not super good at that part of uh, parenting. You know, I, I love being around them, but, I'm just busy just mm-hmm. doing stuff, and so i see we try to see him once a week somewhere um but she will do this one on one thing, which is amazing um all that to say, uh when Sky got married, um Jamie and I were uh I love weddings in any way mm-hmm. from like there aren't very many sacramental things mm-hmm. in our culture mm-hmm. um that even pagans sort of celebrate, yeah. right, but weddings tell a story
1: mm.
2: a christian story um and so to like to to know what's happening on a, on a metaphorical level when two people get married when sky and tom got married uh, and, and to believe that and to see it played out and to think the lord gave us this gift this picture to tell us a story about his love is just <laughs> it's amazing i was just a total mess but the thing that i i because sky's our only daughter um it was the first time that we were the hosts of the feast. Mm. Right. And so at a wedding, you know, there's a sense in which Tom is, gets to represent the bridegroom Christ, right. Mm. Sky gets to represent the church in this moment. And it hadn't occurred to me, but Jamie and I got to kind of represent God, the father who's, Mm. who's hosting the feast and sitting back and like, Get like dipping way into our savings <laughs> into the coffers wow. to make this feast memorable and wow. beautiful and to provide this memory for the family and this, mm-hmm. the extravagance of it all. Um, and I just was a total mess. And mm-hmm. I really, I was like, I think this is, this day is the culmination of our entire lives up to this moment. Wow. Um, in, in that, you know, all of our children were there, all of our extended families were there. Like there's this Spiritual gravity to what's happening, that is also brimming with joy, and so I, I we just were standing back, watching it all happen, and thinking like, I don't know how, what what comes next. I don't mm. even know. So that's genuinely. You asked about favorite stages of parenting. It was literally that day wow. where where my beautiful daughter got married to a wonderful man and where my boys and their wives were there all of our family was there and we got to enact we got to we got a rehearsal of the wedding feast to the lamb right um and that's that's an amazing gift and it wouldn't happen without these kids Mm. you know
0: wow okay and we forgot to talk about Skaz music
2: Oh yeah, Sky! Oh my goodness,
0: we—I mean, she's yeah, killing it.
2: She is killing she's it. She's doing so yeah, great. Yeah, she is wonderful. And uh, she, I just watched a video. She has a song called um, "February Prayer" that she wrote, which you know, Sky. Yes, is such a picture of her wonderful heart mm-hmm. and the longing that she has about this, like feeling worn down at the end of a long winter and longing for the day that you would see the daffodils come out of the ground and the spring coming. Wow. And it is a great song. And I was listening to it, um, thinking, and yeah, just thinking that if I didn't know who she was, I would be a massive fan of the song. Mm. Um, so what a gift to, yeah, she's, she's blown my mind. Oh, my so God, the Gettys goodness. have been really generous and she's been writing with Ben and, um, involved in a lot of Getty stuff Great songs that she's writing Ugh. for them, but then also so her singer funny. songwriter stuff. Her. Yeah, and Asher her, yeah. is producing a lot of her record, produced her her big record. Wow. Anyway, so we're just
0: cool. pinching
2: ourselves. It's really really great.
0: Glad you got those domain names for
2: sure. Yeah, indeed. Yes.
1: <laughs> I was thinking too, as as you were talking about, you know, these different moments with your kids, and even when you're telling the story of your wife extending that invitation to go to coffee. That is so beautiful, and what else is beautiful is that they want the invitation. You yeah. know, that you've nurtured these kind of relationships where you have a friendship with your kids as adults, which I think is every parent's hope that when they're no longer living in our homes, they still want to be with us. And yeah. to hear you talk about all these different moments of time together as family, I love that you all are getting to see the fruit of that. And, and thinking about being a father of adult children, what would you say to parents of younger kids?
2: Anything? Ooh, wow well I I would say um go easy on yourself you're mm. gonna get it wrong um like I've told the story before but it's it's a good answer to that question it's it's uh Brown Bannister um is a Lipscomb professor um here in town great old kind of legendary record producer guy
0: Ellie Holcomb's dad Ellie Holcomb's dad yes, dad, yes. For um and of you that might yeah not know.
2: And um, the day that we dropped Aiden off for college at Lipscomb, I was crying because I'm uh, an Enneagram four. I was, <laughs> no, I was just feeling all of this like regret mm. because my son was, my oldest was stepping into college. I mean, he's only living 20 minutes down the road, but I still felt like it was like the end (laughs) of an era. (laughs) And I was like, Netflix, why would I have watched even one show on Netflix when I could have been drawing with my son upstairs? (laughs) Like all the regret, all the, like every show that I had that I missed like a play that he Mm. was in, or I was just replaying all of the the dad stuff in my head. And I told Brown that story and he laughed and he was like, oh man, it's been so great to see the way the Lord has redeemed all my mistakes over the years. Mm. And um, up to that moment, I had, you know, my wife had been saying, "Oh, Andrew, you're a good dad," and Aiden was like, "Pops, you're a good dad." Like, what? But none of that helped. The thing that helped was Brown saying, "Well, no, you're not a great dad." The point is that the Lord redeems all of that stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's that's what I would have said. Like, don't. It doesn't mean you stop trying. Obviously, to to do it well, but at the same time, I think you know. I, in that moment, I had so much of my attention was on kind of beating myself up for having missed it. And I think that like t- turning your attention away from all the things that you missed and and putting that attention on, on the fact that y- you are almost like, uh, oh, how do I put it? like God gets to be the hero of the story, not you. Does that make sense? And so, um, that's what Brown kind of conveyed was like, no, 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 he's, he's the father that Mm. is going to get it right. And so entrust your kids to him. And, uh, and then it takes the pressure off a little bit. Right. Does that Mm. make sense? And so, um, so yeah, that's what I would say to young Andrew is like, Hey, you're going to get this wrong. Um, but also, the closer you are to God the Father and the, and the more you are allowing yourself to be shaped by Him, the better of a dad you're going to be. Mm. Wow. Thank you.
0: Well, we have told people a million places they can find you, but is there anything we've missed or what would you add? Andrew-Peterson.com. Yep. Instagram.
2: Yeah just Andrew maybe. Peterson Music maybe or Andrew Peterson I don't remember what it is on Instagram <laughs> but it's easy to find, You'll find um it. yeah but yeah that's Rabbit that's ring. the thing yep and the the TV, TV show, show the books. which we're on we're deep in season 2 right now which comes out just after the first of the year and season three is in production. Okay. So we're just like cranking that thing out. Seven seasons. So wow. like the next 10 years of my life will be.
0: Wow. That's so cool. Taken up
2: by that, which is so fun. It's well, just so cool.
0: And we're so grateful for that because the ability to, I mean, we tell families to watch shows together a lot just as a oh, yeah. way to enjoy each other. And there are so few shows. That yeah, that was our goal.
2: Yeah, that's our thing is to so try to make a show that, for that. everybody yes. will want to watch together. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well, the one thing I have to say is hearing you talk, speaking of shows... The place I've heard you the most, the most frequently and the most recently is singing Tractor Tractor. <laughs> <laughs> Slugs oh, and Bugs. No. And when you started that's talking, so I was thinking, why do I feel like I hear his voice all the time? And then I realized it's you saying, hey, wait, let me. Hey, let Randy,
2: me get- I got some ideas yeah. for a song here. <laughs> and so when I meet kids who know that record, oh. they, they're they kind of like, you can see them hiding behind their mom and dad's legs, you know, looking, they're like, kids, this is the guy, the Tractor Tractor guy. And they don't really know who I am yet. And oh. then I go, hey, hey, Randy, I just had some ideas. And they go, <laughs> that's the guy that's the dude i know
0: i don't even my little nephews had a bunking party with me last night that's what we call them bunking parties and i didn't even tell them i can't believe they would have just
2: That's so i would have been the coolest on the planet if they knew i was coming to be with you that's so funny tractor tractor yep i love that
0: so thank you for all the gifts oh man putting out into the world
1: yes we we can't thank you enough [SS2] Uh, for that andrew thank you And for spending this time with us and just rich conversation. And and when we were talking about families coming together to watch a show another other places around the table. So we end every episode, kind of take a detour toward food, but it's still <laughs> connected to parenting. Uh-huh. Yeah, And so we've got a funny two-part question for you. Okay. Part one is queso or guac,
2: and part two is what's your favorite kind of taco? Oh, man. Queso or guac? Um... When we go to Ladybird Taco, plug for Ladybird Taco. Yes. yes. We always get both queso and guac and I kind of mix the two, but if I had to choose one in my in my 30s I would have said queso. Now that I'm in my forties, I say guac. How's that for an answer? <laughs> um, and my favorite taco. Ooh, man. Um, we, we eat at Ladybird every week, every Sunday. That's our family tradition is oh, Sunday after church. Cool. Cause we all end up kind of going to different places and we mm-hmm. come together. And, uh, if everybody, whoever's in town, we, we have Ladybird together and, uh, which that's a parenting tip. If you pay for the meal, the kids will show up. Yes, that's they will. Um, they usually yeah. do. So, um, and I get a different taco all the time, but I would probably say the eleven at Lady. Is it the no? The nine is the chicken That's taco at Ladybird. Yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. and then I'll add bacon if I'm feeling really, really scandalous. Ooh, that <laughs> sounds great.
0: Oh, Andrew, thank you. I just I could listen to you talk for hours. Oh man, I'm sad too. this is over already.
2: You think that. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you, you would run out of steam quick. But I'll I will just take this sing. opportunity to say thank you guys for what you do. You've been a tremendous blessing to our family and so many families around uh, Nashville and beyond. I just, yeah, we're just, I will f- be forever grateful Thanks. for your friendship, your kindness, and the good work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank yeah. the time.
0: If you are enjoying the Raising Boys and Girls podcast, click follow on your podcast listening app to subscribe and not miss an episode.
1: Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls.